All right, hello and welcome, folks. Tuesday, 11 2022. Interesting date. Here we have a value zone being achieved for Bitcoin and other utility cryptocurrencies. We're going to get into that along with $1 million Bitcoin predictions from Kathy Woods and the Bitcoin Maxis continuing the nonsense narrative. But we're going to get into all of it tonight. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate all of you guys and be ready because at the end of the show, I am going to give you guys a heads up on a sneak peek. We got a little interview coming up tomorrow. Very excited for that one as well. At the time of this recording, our Bitcoin is back above 16,000. Let's take a look. We're back at about 16.5 for our Bitcoin. So we have a little bit of a rally today, up 4% today. Ethereum, 1160. XRP back up to the 37, 38 cent level. Now let's get straight on into our news though, because this is good. We're going to have to pay attention closely here over the next couple months. And just throughout this winter, check this out, folks. This is sent by my boy Fletcher here. Been sending me a couple good articles there. Shout out to Fletcher here on Twitter. RMT announces new wave of 48-hour winter walkouts on the rails. And thank you for taking me, Fletcher, in this. G4S, and that's G4 Security, the largest security security firm in the world, will go on strike in December, leaving banks and supermarkets short of cash. Now, I looked at this article here from the Daily Mail, and this is big. Just the key takeaways here. Railway workers will hold, check this out. Railway workers will hold a series of 48-hour strikes in December and January. Banks and supermarkets face a festive cash crisis after strike announcement. Around 1,200 G4S security staff have become the latest workers to strike. The action could impact the supply of notes and coins to banks and shops uh, in the UK. The UK is facing a winter of discontent as 100,000 civil servants voted to strike. How about that, folks? 100,000 civil servants here in the UK about to be going on strike. This is going to be something interesting to watch. Another article that I was trying to find again here today before this live show, but the most recent reports coming out suspect that up to 25% of America could be exposed to winter blackouts and the grid going down this winter as well. I was looking again for the report. I'm going to have to find it again later. I've been trying to find this for a couple lives now, but just trust me on this one. Uh, whoever put out this most recent report is claiming that uh, 25% of Americans could be exposed to blackouts as well. So the energy crisis in Europe spreading over here and our grid over here in America is vulnerable as well. We always want to stay prepared. It's always been part of our plan, and we're going to continue to stay tapped in on that level. Continuing on, White House to extend student loan repayment halt up to June 30th. Next piece, we're sending another $4.5 billion to Ukraine. I feel like I'm doing this on a weekly basis. $4.5 billion this time is the recent stimulus check to the Ukraine money laundering operation. Now, continuing on, Gold Telegraph, we have Deutsche Bank warning the default rates on the U.S. leveraged loans will hit near a record high of 11.3% in 2024. Do you still believe that we don't have trouble in paradise, they ask? We are in for a bumpy ride. And this is what I talked about. This being the greatest transfer of wealth in world history and a blessing of an opportunity for those of us that are tapped in and ready to take action, ready to swoop deals, suppressed assets, businesses, moving on up the ladder. If we got a job, if we're in the corporate structure, we're going to bring it home. We're going to get it done. We're going to accumulate the assets that matter. And we're investing in the real commodities, resources that run the economy, run the world. 
while the rest of the world is distracted, while the masses don't know what the hell is going on, and while we're about to reach record high default rates on U.S. leveraged loans, uh, by 2024, they're saying 11.3%. That's from Deutsche Bank, okay? This is the greatest. This is an opportunity for us, and we're absolutely going to be taking advantage of it. Now, continuing on, Meta. Meta spiked today after unconfirmed reports in the leak that Zuck is set to resign next year. Something to watch going forward. We've seen a record amount of CEOs stepping down. We'll continue to watch that as we have the cryptocurrency bankruptcy liquidity crisis continue to spread. The situation very ugly. Recent reports here, Genesis has $2.8 billion in outstanding loans, Bloomberg reports. And remember, we just shared this, that uh, Genesis had loaned a, what was that, three arrows capital over $2 billion. I think it was $2.6, maybe it was $2.8 billion, but basically the, nearly the amount of outstanding loans that Genesis currently has is what they lent to Three Arrows Capital, the first major Wall Street hedge fund that went bust in this cryptocurrency space. Now, how is this bid, how is this bankruptcy, how is this bailout offering coming along? Absolutely zero bids for Genesis and DCG current raise. Genesis creditors are preparing for an imminent bankruptcy filing. It is not looking good, and it's even getting worse out there for the Bitcoin miners. It's a Bitcoin miner bloodbath. Most aggressive miners selling in almost seven years now, up 400% in just three weeks. If the price doesn't go up soon, we're going to see a lot of Bitcoin miners going out of business. Add this to all the rest of the factors. Towards the end of the year, when we have major sell pressure, tax loss harvesting underway, uh, dismal retail numbers and expectations coming out. Target reporting that theft is up 50%. And they, they, they mentioned in their report that it's organized crime that's coming after them, but they, that was an easy scapegoat. The situation is that um, the American people are broke. And so they're relying to stealing items that they used to be able to pay for. It's getting really tight out there. It's getting really tight out there. And so uh, we've been warning about this. We've been warning about how inflation wasn't going to be stopping anytime soon. The Federal Reserve is nowhere near being able to rein back in inflation. So this will only continue to get worse, right? Uh, $400 million was the amount that has been stolen. Uh, the, the, the loss to theft for Target so far this year in 2022 is $400 million. Their expectations for this year, 2022, when it's all said and done, $600 million worth of theft loss. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. And it tells you, and they want to say that this isn't a recession. Someone explain that, right? That's the real situation on the streets. We understand that. And we've been preparing for this. Bitcoin miners getting absolutely smacked. And we've been talking about this too, when the hash rate dropped after the, the country that starts with the C banned Bitcoin mining. Okay. And now we started to see, we reported yesterday, the Bitcoin miners closing up shop, uh, just giving up their miners. They're basically just worthless now because they can't even make a profit mining the Bitcoin, which is the problem with the proof of work network that just does not work. And now look at the charts for yourself. Uncharted territory, Bitcoin below its 300 week moving average for the first time ever. Now, this is kind of ridiculous, a 300 week moving average. But uh, it gives you a sense of the uncharted territories that we are in for Bitcoin. Now, we talked about this after we dropped below the previous high from last bull run. That was uncharted territory. Now it's getting worse. Now Bitcoin miners aren't even going to be able to turn a profit and keep the lights on, keep the, runner, the, the miners running. 
getting a little sticky out there. And all we see on the fundamental side is continued downside, but it's not going to stop the biggest shills, which includes the VC and the Wall Street folks like Kathy Woods, ARK Invest, Invest uh, Innovation Fund. Right here, doubling down, Kathy Wood tells Bloomberg she thinks Bitcoin will be worth $1 million by 2030. Now, I figured let's have some fun, so I pulled up the market cap calculator. Let's take a look here at the market cap calculator. If we have a $1 million Bitcoin, because they always want a market cap, bro, us XRP holders. When we talk about running trillions of dollars through the ledger on a daily basis, they want to hit us with the market cap, bro, which I think that for a metric like market cap, it really does only apply to Bitcoin. That's only sole use case is a store of value, and it's been a pretty poor one at that. But if we look here at the market cap calculator, you have $1 million per Bitcoin, and we have $21 million for your circulating supply, which gives you a market cap of $21 trillion. Now, let's do them better. Okay, we know that about $3 million Bitcoin have been lost. So let's uh, adjust this. Let's go $18 million. And that only moves you down to 18 trillion for your market cap. Now, what's interesting about that, let's just give or take round up. That's going to be about a $20 trillion market cap for Bitcoin based off of however many Bitcoins are actually lost. Some estimates are about 3 million Bitcoin have already been lost. Um, that's by most conservative guesses in estimates. So uh, let's give them that. Let's give them 18 million in th that are ever going to exist or circulate. Okay. That market cap would put them at about a $20 trillion market cap, give or take. Okay, that is about twice the market cap of gold. Um, and, and the thing that gets interesting here about this conversation is why would something that is a store of value just like gold, but has literally no utility is one of the worst forms of payment. Why would that have doubled the market cap of something else, a, a proven commodity that's been around for a very long time that uh, does have a an inflationary supply of about 1.5% per year, okay? So you do have that. That new supply does have to get ate up, right? But it has way more utility, real-world utility, than just being a store of value too. And that's what's important. And so when we look at market cap for, of... Market cap is a calculation of how much money is getting parked in a given asset. That's kind of what it's supposed to give us, right? That's what this metric is supposed to be about. Well, with gold, not only do you have money that's been parked in that asset as a store of value, you also have money that's in there that, that is value driven off of the utility of gold being used for the various use cases that gold has. So this is where I've you know, kind of pushed back. I used to think that Bitcoin could go to something crazy and there's no telling how high Bitcoin can go if we truly let hyperinflation go. But that's the type of world like and, and in that world, in that reality, that's where Bitcoin's at a million, XRP's at 50,000, and a loaf of bread is um, going to be 100 bucks. That's what world that's, that is, right? Uh, based off of today's metrics, values of these different commodities and assets, I just don't see why that much money should be in something that has less value, has no utility, and the store of value narrative really doesn't even hold up. For someone that's as bullish on crypto, and I'm about to show you, we're into the value uh, zone, is what they're calling it, for Bitcoin. But in my opinion, we're in the value zone for real utility.
We're, we weren't supposed to be back at these prices, but we're only back here because our government and the Wall Street corrupt system that we're up against and taking down had to stall this out with the Ribble versus SEC lawsuit, and they had to completely undermine any of the good actors, the real actors, real utility in the space. They go after anyone who's legit, and they leave us in a gray area with no clarity so that they can move in like the vultures that they are. And I got a clip to show you to back up that. These VCs are absolute vultures, and they don't care about us. In fact, they dump on us. Charles Edwards sharing this chart here. This is historically the optimal time to allocate Bitcoin. All prior Bitcoin cycles have bottomed by this point in the halving cycle. We have less than 100 days until all the other cycles went vertical. I am getting very excited, not investment advice. So this is days since Bitcoin halving, okay? And you guys can see this chart. Let's pull it up on a little bit bigger of a screen for you there. We are in that value zone now, he's saying, okay. The days after the halving, this is when the market bottoms out. And then we start to move on up. We have less than 100 days until all the other cycles went vertical. So maybe another three months of the bear market, which is right about where we're at, right about our expectations, is the bottom's about to come in in the next three months, and then we're going to move back on up. The bottom will be achieved within the next three months. Now, I just differ from people that think that you should allocate any money to Bitcoin. Personally, I'm not here to be your financial advisor. I'm not here to give you financial advice. For me, I just don't see the opportunity. I just don't see the ROI potential. That narrative used to sound good. It used to make sense until you figured out what real utility was. When you understood you know, why the Fed is a Ponzi scheme, why the dollar is going to go bust, why you need to get out of the existing system and you come into cryptocurrency and you come along the Bitcoin story and you sit down around the bonfire with the Bitcoin bros and they pass you the Bitcoin pipe and you take a hit and it sounds good. It's a good narrative. It makes sense. But then you, you realize what real utility and what real problems we have in the financial landscape, i.e. problems like $6 trillion on Swift Daily, $14 trillion on ACI Worldwide, quadrillions of dollars in derivatives. And then we start to realize that a store of value asset doesn't even go up to a really high market cap valuation. I mean, it doesn't really go to a very high place. And those store of values that have like gold also have additional utility. So that's my investment thesis and opportunity uh, risk reward for Bitcoin. It just doesn't make sense. It used to sound cool when I first got into crypto. I fell for it. I got the Bitcoin to the moon shirt. I was a sucker like that. So I don't, I don't blame newbies to the space that fall into the Bitcoin narrative. You know? Um, I just, right now, what I what we've been able to discover, what we now understand, we try to pull up and say, Hey man, it's time to sober up and understand getting real deals done, solving big problems. Okay. Um, as far as this whole Bitcoin echo chamber with Kathy Woods claiming a, a million dollar Bitcoin, Michael Saylor telling you to leverage and mortgage out your house when Bitcoin was at 50 and 60,000 to buy more Bitcoin. Uh, this is all part of VCs, the early adopters here that don't care about you. The early guys that got in on Bitcoin made a, a bunch of money, right? The early people that got in on Ethereum made a bunch of money. The opportunity is no longer there, right? And it's, it's kind of sad and it's misleading to still be trying to tell the new people that you have to make allocations to Bitcoin and Ethereum. It's like a, a, a path of, uh, uh, what am I thinking of? It's, it's like a series of rights you got to pass, like uh, a rite of passage. To get into crypto, the rite of passage is to buy 
Bitcoin and Ethereum. Like you have to do it. And I'm someone that's always been transparent with you guys. I used to own Bitcoin. I sold all my Bitcoin. I've never touched Ethereum other than when I got some NFTs. I had to buy some Ethereum just so I could mint them. One time I've done that. And that was a joke. But let's continue on. And I want to show you guys a pretty disgusting example of these VCs. These guys are absolute schmucks and just... These are the guys that are holding back the space. You know, and they talk about, oh, the space is going back five years. It's because these greedy guys that, that pumped and dumped Solana on everyone. Solana being, being uh, one of the biggest VC pumps of the last year. Okay. And then these guys <laughs> yeah, get worshipped. These guys get absolutely worshipped like there's some investing gods when they're not. They're doing literally... Let me, let me back out here. They're literally doing the same thing that all of these other little crypto influencers have been doing with all of the launch pads, with Infinity Launchpad, with all the other launch pads where uh, basically it's just crypto ICOs, where, where new tokens were generated, right? And then you allow all the influencers to get early access to the coins. You allow the VCs to get early access. Then you pump and dump it. And, all, and you can go pull up the receipts and see all of these in, influencers did the same thing with crypto and the vcs have been doing the same thing the whole thing time here it's called talking your book and they now started doing it with cryptocurrency as well which is going to backfire on them when the sec lawsuits start coming and they've already been started recent in the ftx uh, saga we have recent class action lawsuits against multiple parties and promoters involved in the ftx fiasco so these guys are laughing now and this was back um, This was back in 2021. This is from Jacob Silverman. This 2021 video is notorious on crypto Twitter and deserves wider viewership. Watch VCs David Sox and Chamath uh, Palapatia brag about buying huge amounts of Solana at a discount, planning to dump on retail. Solana has been called one of Sam's coins because FBS was a booster as well. Of course, all of these coins get listed at um, the centralized exchanges as well. No problem. But look at these guys. They are just absolutely laughing about the fact that they're going to dump on retail. This, this is, these are the guys that are putting this space back five years. Chamath Palihapitiya, and I'm your boy Jcal Sachs. I gotta say, I think I think your AUM is positively correlated with the bags under your eyes. <laughs> if you mean it's getting bigger, you're correct. I mean, fuck. <laughs> they're, hanging, they're heavy. Good lord, they're heavy, <laughs> dragging you down. That's where you're hiding all that Solana in your fucking under your eyes. Oh. I'm a, you better clear that Solana position. What's your lockup? Twenty four months? <laughs> fuck no. He's trying to sell it to me on text message. Yeah, of so course he is. We're gonna go. Negotiating discounts. I just had the fact. Hey, the you're pod. fucking the whole thing up, bro. You don't. You don't <laughs> think to keep? I'm holding. I'm holding. You think I buy hundreds of millions of dollars of anything without a discount? Everything is a discount. Everything's discounted. You want to clear that position in an LLC? Are you saying I got a billion dollars of Solana? No, bro. I'm Ooh. saying I have one, but you know, I brought it at a discount. But you're holding, correct? Ish. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Ish. <laughs> well, I Ish. mean. Yeah. holding ish are you hodling yeah ish yeah maybe maybe if we can if we can really pump it up i'm for sure dumping that's what they're thinking they're thinking they already got their exit strategy planned right and these are the same guys chamath he's gonna go make his rounds on cnbc maybe he'll shed up a little tear or something act like he's sad but he's gonna cry about the space going back five years 
But it's like, you guys are the problem. You guys are just straight greedy. And you were literally just pumping and dumping bad technology, a program that was never going to work out. It's a continued failure, but you guys literally just pumped and dumped on retail and then want to cry and act like it's so unfortunate that the space has gone back five years. It's like, no, you guys built a Ponzi scheme and dumped it on the retail that didn't know any better. And then, oh, gee, wow, we're five years behind. Yeah, you guys are. And I apologize for the F-bombs that those guys dropped. Uh, sorry about that. I forgot to mention that. But, I mean, these guys are these guys are something else, right? Meanwhile, we have the good actors in the space that are caught up in the SEC lawsuits. Completely, completely backwards. But we continue to win. We continue to win. Check this out, folks. Zero Hedge. And this is how you win. XOM is the largest hedge fund short position as of October 31st, according to Goldman. With a 92% year-to-date return, it has outperformed every company in hedge fund long VIP list. This will be epic. So this, one of the largest hedge fund short positions with a 92% year-to-date return. So that's paying off. And that's exactly what we did too. And we were transparent the whole way. Think about that. Think about that two different situations there. These guys cracking jokes, slapping their knee, laughing about dumping on retail. Over here, I told you guys and I showed you guys here, shorted Bitcoin, eight for nine on my trades, grew my trading bag by 100% and was completely transparent the whole way through. No pitch for a trading course, no BS, just simple fundamental analysis. I'm not going to bullshit you. I'm going to tell you where I think this market is going fundamentally and I'm going to catch the swing on the way down and we did it eight out of nine times. So this is this is the problem. It's like, we're not fooled. We understand where this is going. But these guys having the meltdown that they're having, this is what they deserve. They deserve these billion-dollar losses, Chamath and these other guys. And that's the thing is they were the darlings of all of this tech and crypto. And they were just on CNBC every single week getting to talk about how smart they were. But now they're taking record losses. They're getting absolutely smacked, right? And some of those positions are not going to recover as we're starting to see with the FTX bankruptcy and that contagion spreading as well. Now let's get into utility cryptocurrencies. Let's get into some exciting stuff. I got some good news for the quant folks in the room. I guess we can uh, articulate it as such. Let's get into this Digital Pound Foundation reporting. The Federal Reserve Bank of New York and the Monetary Authority of Singapore are collaborating in a project to examine the use of wholesale central bank digital currencies or wrapped CBDCs for cross-border payments. So let's check out this article right here, folks. This is from the Digital Pound Foundation, okay? And we're going to take a look here. Uh, They're talking about, uh, this is the joint experiment called Project Cedar Phase 2. UBIN is a combination of the respective initiatives by the MAS, UBIN, and the New York Federal Reserve Project CEDAR. So they're basically just combining both of their projects, their, both of their little experiments uh, for CBDCs, wholesale payments uh, with CBDCs. Now, for you quant folks, I want to make it clear, it does not say that they are using the quant token, but it does appear that Gilbert Verdian is going to be helping them out with this test. He is specifically mentioned right here. This project will examine how CBDCs would in, uh, could improve 
the efficiency and reduce the settlement risk of cross-border wholesale payments using multiple currencies. Gilbert Verdian, CEO and founder of Quant, says CBDCs use underlying distributed ledger technology that is well-placed to solve many settlement issues. The joint project primarily focuses on the data structure and format of CBDCs, specifically how to improve atomic settlement on similar types of currency ledgers. This experiment enables interoperability and security, giving each central bank participant jurisdictional autonomy, says Verdian. MAS began experimenting with blockchain technology in 2016 with Project Ubin, and that is good. They're having good success, and that's all good. So we got to remember that we do have both Quant, Ripple, and, um, oh, shoot, I'm going to forget the name of the other project that's built on the XRP ledger um, that is part of the Digital Pound Foundation as well. I'm forgetting them now. Not a big deal. But uh, both Quant and Ripple on that Digital Pound Foundation both helping them. So in this in this study, guys, it looks like they're going to be having interoperability. I don't know if they're going to test it on Quant, XRP, or both. I'm going to assume that they're going to be testing it on both with also other currencies as well, because that's what this is all about, is the problem, the use case that matters uh, so much in the payments infrastructure today, cross-border payments being a $156 trillion problem, and then also the fact that you have the $30 trillion tied up in the Nostro Vostro account. So just by solving this this issue's real-time gross settlement, cross-border settlement, you literally are solving an issue that's nearly $200 trillion combined between Nostro Vostro and cross-border payments, which they're both tied to get to, together because you have to have the Nostro Vostro accounts. You have to have the pre-funded settlement so that everyone knows that we both have money. We both have funds to settle up. When, after we're done making all of our trades, we can settle up because we both have Nostro Vostro accounts. We both have serious money. And that's $30 trillion sitting in the Nostro Vostro accounts that's locked capital that gets unlocked by the use of uh, on-demand liquidity and other use cases with cryptocurrency, okay? Fascinating to see Quant. Once again, they're talking about the messaging format and infrastructure there. That's going to be ISO, right? Quant being ISO compliant as well. We just saw ISO going to be going live there with some of SWIFT member banks. Continued full ISO adoption going to be taking place in 2023. But by 2025, this will be completely done. And so having that uh, standardized messaging format data structures, you you start to send data-rich payments. And not just sending messages, you're doing real-time gross settlement at the same time. So this is this is where this gets interesting, and this is where we've invested accordingly. And we have no doubt about where this is going and where the space is going. And I wanted to tie this back to, you know, a $20 trillion market cap for Bitcoin we think is cute. Like, that would be a nice achievement. That would be really good. But that means that we have $20 trillion just in Bitcoin. That means that we have tens of trillions of dollars in the cryptocurrency space as a whole, for sure. Now, it is my opinion that we're going to have tens of trillions settled on distributed ledger technology every single day because we already have tens of trillions of dollars moving every single day. Just between SWIFT and ACI Worldwide, they're moving $20 trillion per day. $6 trillion at SWIFT, $14 trillion at ACI Worldwide. So that would be the market cap of Bitcoin. If Bitcoin were to hit a million dollars, that shows you the size of that problem. We're going to settle up and move the whole market cap of Bitcoin at 20 trillion every single day, not just park it in an asset as a store of value, settle it up and move it between bank accounts. So it's a whole nother level of problem. And these tests, these trials show you guys how close they are. 
now that they're dropping the public, oh yeah, we got this cute tech, Project Cedar, Project Ubin. We've been doing it since 2016, but yeah, we still don't have regulation here in the United States. But uh, these other countries, Singapore, moving way ahead. And the Monetary Authority of Singapore, also I wanted to show you guys this, is also who gave Ripple-backed Tranglo new approvals. So let me show you guys this article right here, just so everyone's kind of aware of what's going on here. Monetary Authority of Singapore under the Payment Services Act receives uh, gives new approvals to Tranglo. And that was one of Ripple's key partners over there in Singapore and in that uh, Southeast Asia region. So that's fantastic. We love to see this. And it's only getting better. I got a very, very exciting announcement for you guys. So check this out. This is the CBDC hackathon event that occurred at Ripple Swell event. Uh, this was the CBDC hackathon, and this is the Rockstar judging uh, panel here. All of the people that were paneling this project was MasterCard, Amazon Web Services. Early, uh, we have Ripple compatible and on Amazon Web Services a long, long time ago, right? But we recently just had uh, the chief digital officer of MasterCard speaking at Swell as well. We also have Price Waterhouse Cooper, one of the big four accounting firms in the world. We have Accenture, early Ripple partner, the Digital Dollar Project, great. We have the BIS Innovation Hub. I can't read what that bottom left one is, but then we also have, uh, that's DXC Technology, which is another big data technology platform as the Rockstar judging panel. Now, this is where this is getting exciting. We're starting to get some, some information, some sneak peeks dropped from the Ripple Swell Conference. So we're going to continue to keep dropping this as they come out. Rockstar judging panel doing the CBDC hackathon. And I want you guys to listen to this gentleman explain what he witnessed at Swell. A CBDC hackathon. And I just thought the names of the companies that were the judges of the Ripple CBDC hackathon these are just some of the names. MasterCard, AWS, Amazon Web Services, Accenture, the Digital Do uh, Dollar Project, PwC, the BIS Innovation Hub. I just thought that was interesting that they're involved with Ripple and that they were helping with that hackathon. So it's just good to see those types of names working with Ripple in concert with Ripple. You know, the overall vibe here is excellent. It's very professional. When I was in Singapore in 2019, it was very professional, but it was very like more of a party environment. This is all business. I mean, it's all business here today. Everyone's here talking business and, and, and talking about what they do. It's, it's just, it's such an impressive place to be. The last thing I want to talk about is Brad Garlinghouse. When Brad got on stage, Everyone's talking about FTX. Everyone's talking about FTX, which which brings you know brings us to safety and security. Brad talked about FTX. He said, "Look, it wasn't good for crypto, but in the end, we're going to grow stronger because of it. It's important to clean out the bad actors and for crypto to not only get regulations, but to have the good people in the business." So I just thought that was great. It's been a common theme here today. ODL. So look, Brad talked about ODL, which is on-demand liquidity, which is the use of XRP. It was in four markets in 2020. It is currently in 40 markets. We went from four to 40, including Africa. And it's literally ODL is now in 90% of all FX markets, which I just thought was amazing. 
Ripple has $1 billion of cash in the bank, so they are just rock solid. And he's just long-term bullish for the future of Ripple and the future of digital assets. And they also hired 110 people in Q3. Hey, I want to go back and just say, I used the term settlement earlier when I talked about Ripple, um, when I talked about Brad Bellinghouse and Stuart Alderati. And look, it could be a settlement. It could be, you know, the end of the case and, and, and the judge may settle the case. What I really mean to say is a conclusion. So I don't want anybody to read into it. Nobody told me there's a settlement. The conclusion of the case. Um, but one of the things that Stuart said to me was he thinks when it's over, it's over. Okay, so when it's over, it's over. But what I love here is he said how the whole, you know, vibe in Singapore was kind of a party, good times. And it was probably because that 2019 conference, Ripple Swell Conference in Singapore was right before the lawsuit got dropped on Ripple. So they were probably still laid back having a good time. But now, right, it's crypto means business is the new motto and theme slogan. Excuse me. That Ripple has been talking about, right? Putting it on the subways uh, and, and spreading that message far and wide. Brad mentioning this. Crypto means business while the rest of the space is collapsing, while everyone else wants to keep up to date on the FTX drama. They continue to build out business, utility, and solve real problems. And this is what we love to see. Now, uh, I did want to share. I have a very, very special announcement, folks. Tomorrow, Spend the Bits Incorporated here. Spend the Bits was the uh, winner of the CBDC hackathon. So we did mention this in our last live stream that Spend the Bits is the uh, final round winner of the interoperability category of the hackathon that they just put on. And I showed you guys the rock star panel of judges. Well, I got exciting news. Tomorrow, I'm going to be having the CEO and founder of Spend the Bits, Jay Cambo, on my show at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Tomorrow evening, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, the CEO of Spend the Bits, Jay Cambo, is coming on this show, The Greatest Transfer of Wealth in World History. I cannot wait to drop it down for you guys. It's going to be massive. And just the numbers, the numbers right here, four on-demand liquidity corridors in four countries in 2020, all the way up to 40 now here just two years later. And we've gone over the recent numbers. They've settled $30 billion over on-demand liquidity, 20 million transactions. And when we know, when we look at the bigger payments landscape, we know that they're just getting started. It's a beautiful thing to see. And I'm very, very excited. If you guys are excited, smash that thumbs up for the interview tomorrow with uh, Jay from Spend the Bits. It's going to be coming on 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Make sure you guys hit that notification bell too so you don't miss it. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Greatest Transfer of Wealth with your host, Zach Rector. Please remember to follow us over on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and Rumble. To get in touch, please just head on over to ZachRector.com. You can check out all of our affiliate links and get access to our exclusive Discord community over at the website. We appreciate all of you for tuning in. And all that we ask is that you share this message with other like-minded individuals. If you appreciate the show, feel free to go ahead and leave us a five-star review. We will see you in the next one. Take care and God bless.